It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35 plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. Hello, 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 Lisa Rubin. Hello, Katie Harms. How are you? I am so good. So good. Excited about our upcoming guest, Allison Kaplan. Super excited. She is one busy lady. So that we got a little bit of time on her calendar is is very fun. And you're going to tell us a little bit more about her. And before we get to her, we were talking on another podcast, or maybe it was when we were doing our prep work. And you had said something very lovely. And it's really about taking the things that people do in business and putting a different spin on it and finding almost, not almost, but finding a niche, right? So what's made you successful for all these years is that you take something that I would say in your case, some people understand, some people don't, but you put the spin on what you do, which is wardrobe consulting to a certain segment of the population. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, maybe to a certain segment of the population, but what I do is I always say to people, I'm a wardrobe consultant. I'm not a personal shopper. I'm not a stylist. I do all of that as part of my work with you. But what I'm really doing is I'm consulting you on how to understand your wardrobe for your day-to-day living. And with that comes, of course, shopping if you need things, but I want people to get what they have in their closet and use it. And if they're not using it, get rid of it. And I've always kind of used that. I call it my thesis statement when I've been working all these years, because everybody likes maybe to shop or have a personal shopper or do all of those things. But I like people to have their wardrobe. And I say for three to five years, I want you to buy clothes that you can wear for three to five years. You can always buy a trendy thing here and there but you don't have to keep shopping and buying if you don't want to. And so that's kind of my little twist that I've done all these years. And you're not following the trends, like you said. So obviously every season there's new styles and excitement and all of that surrounding it. It really is about how to curate for each of your clients, what's going to work for them. Exactly. I do follow the trends. I do follow the colors. I do follow all those things. And I try to incorporate that in everyone's wardrobe. But remember, trends come and go, and then they also recycle. So if people have things in their closet that maybe they haven't worn in a long time, which because of COVID, that's going to play a big role this year. I mean, everybody is going back to work, whether they like it or not. They're going back to the office. They're traveling. They're doing all their things. So let's go back into the closet and let's see what you really have. And some of those pieces might be your favorite pieces if we can work with them and get them working with other things. So that's an example of what I do. Some of those things might be forgotten because you haven't gone that far back in your closet. (laughs) True. You haven't, you really haven't had to, right? It's the stuff in the corners and on the floor and in the (laughs) other closet that you really have to take a look at. 
Right. So it does require a time commitment, but if you were talking to, let's just say the demographics, obviously you've been doing this 40 years. So you've seen demographics shift. You've seen client, you have clients of all ages. If someone is just starting out realistically to take the time with them, what, what should they be investing in their wardrobe? Well, that's a loaded question because what they <laughs> It depends what they're doing. It depends where they're going. It depends what's going on in their life in the next year. I mean, I've just sent out several emails to all my clients and asking them for their plans of where they're traveling, what they're doing, where they're going, because I help everyone with what they're going to wear for each thing, right? So when it comes up, they just throw it in their suitcase or they just put it on and they don't have to think about it, right? That's such an amazing thing because then you schedule the time in with them. We need an hour to talk about where you're going to pack or do you send them a list knowing what's in their closet? You email them, you're going to wear this on this day, this on this day. Each client is kind of different. They all like to do it differently. As a lot of my clients say, I'm like the savant. Once I'm in your closet and I help you and you know this, Katie, I know what you got. Mm -hmm. So once they send me their list of everything that's coming up, that's important, that they really want to pay attention to, I can either email them, you know, where this, this, and this, some people just like to do a quick FaceTime. Some people like me to come over. It's all different, but it doesn't take me very long because I've curated a wardrobe. I would say return on investment for your services is very high. <laughs> well, I hope so. I Very hope so. No, I, I think it is. I think it is. Similarly, there are trends in closet design. There are trends in product. There are trends in organizing every little space. And what I think I have done in designing those spaces is to really dial into how you live in a home. And it isn't about putting more product in a closet or having the latest and greatest and the bells and the whistles. There are certain things that I know over time really resonate and work for people. One is a garment valet, a little pullout that allows you to hang your clothes that you're going to wear the next day, or that you're looking at to how does this go with that? Or you're coming into your closet with a handful of dry cleaning and you got to put it somewhere before you put it into the spaces that it's going to occupy in your closet. So some of those things, how are you really going to use the drawers? Do you need drawers in your closet? What is the overall space if we're talking about just a closet? What is the overall flow of your home? I think I've talked about this before, but I will look at that plan and give you suggestions that builders and remodelers are exceptional people. They have a lot going on and they're trying to manage you and manage a lot of different subcontractors and whatnot. And there are questions that go unanswered. Do you have a sunglass collection? Are you a, do you love switching out sunglasses? Where should those be? You know, we've talked about all these little things. There are those pearls of wisdom <clears throat> that we glean from, from having those conversations. And you know me, I love connections. I love conversations. And really asking those questions of how you're going to live in that home. And it is unbelievable the amount of time people will say to me, nobody ever thought to ask that or, wow, that makes sense. Why didn't we think about that? I've talked and talked and talked about, you know, laundry and dry cleaning where is that going in your beautiful new home? You would be surprised how much that discussion is not had in the very early stages of the build process. I completely understand that because I'm in so many people's homes and so many people's closets and spaces. And I think of you all the time. Actually, I've recommended you to some of my clients, but that is a big thing. It's a big thing. And 
And we've talked about this before, I believe, but the energy of a home and the energy of a space matters and how you start your day out. If you walk into your space where you're getting ready in the morning and you have piles of clothing or you can't get at things, your first thought is going to be, oh God, why can't I find this? Isn't going to be, huh, I'm going to wear this or I'm going to enjoy this today, or I'm going to put this on. And it's part of your day, your armor, how you, how you intentionally plan to have the best day because you've had the best view getting going. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think people don't understand that until they change it or realize it. I think most women now get it and and are attempting it and, and you know, in various fashions. And I look at the way my kids perform in their daily lives and they're much better about editing things out and keeping their spaces, right? They've been indoctrinated into it with being raised by me, but really how they approach it. I think that generation of of women in particular, maybe men, but we're really, I guess our focus is more on women, but the watching how they operate is they find it easier to edit out. They find it easier to let go of things. There's not the the attachment to the emotional oh attachment. There's not. I think our generation and generations before us had to have that. Yeah. So you're seeing a lot more clean design in homes. You're seeing a lot less. People are wanting, they don't want to see their coffee pot. You're seeing a lot more back kitchens and back pantries and things like that because people want the clean, easy lines. And I think that's great. I think it can be, it can be accomplished much better with forethought on the front end of plan and design. So that's really what I do. And together, like you said in the very beginning is we've put a twist on two different places that people need in their lives or two different experiences or two different feelings. And we've come up with a way to help people understand it in a different way. Right. Consistently over a long period of time. (laughs) Right. 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 So you learn a thing or two, right? Things that I did early on, probably I wouldn't do the same now. So, and that's something to keep in mind too. You want experience in the spaces. There's always room for newness and excitement, uh, but tried and true is, is pretty fantastic. And I always tell people, you know, my clients who travel a lot, they're sometimes not in their own space when they're getting ready and they have a different mirror and they have a different closet. Their closet is basically what's in their suitcase and all of these things. So it changes how they look at things and their daily routine. And so people who travel a lot have a different way of thinking about their clothes. Absolutely. So speaking of clothes and a different way of looking at them and somebody who's been involved in that industry and beyond, Allison Kaplan, give us a little background, Lisa. Allie Kaplan is the vice president of content for MSP Communications Cities Media Group which includes Twin Cities Business Magazine, which she also serves as editor-in-chief. In In this dual role, Allie oversees digital content for both TCB and sister publications, Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine, contributes to overall strategy and new initiatives for the magazine, and leads the Twin Cities Business editorial team, including print and events. But at the heart, Allie is a writer, an editor, a speaker, a storyteller who takes an entrepreneurial approach to journalism from the creation of her own Allie Shops brand and blog in the dark ages before Instagram to the more recent development of TCB's Start Minnesota magazine focused on entrepreneurship and a TCB podcast about business and leadership and innovation called 
by all means, which she hosts. Allie's newest venture is called Mother Of. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will welcome Allie Kaplan. A little insight on working with Renee and her team at Renee Keller Interior Design. We have put together a team and a process that has been honed over 13 years to create beautiful homes with intentional beauty. We're storytellers through somebody's home. Our job is to take all the information from what a client wants in their home and bring it to life throughout their house. When you walk through their house, it should feel like them. It should have a kindred spirit about them. It should reflect their life, not ours. And so when we are designing, we are personally designing it for each and every client. To explore working with Renee Keller Interior Design, go to ReneeKeller.com. Allie Kaplan, do you prefer Allie or Allison? You know, friends call me Allie. It's a bit of an identity crisis. Blame it on my parents, but please call me Allie. Okay, perfect. Well, I was, as Lisa and I were preparing and talking and learning more about you, the word that kept coming up, which has been overused through COVID, but I think is so perfect for you is pivot. <laughs> because sure. you, but you've parlayed, I guess maybe parlayed is better in a very public forum and realm, a beautiful winding road of a career that has many tributaries. Well, thank you. That sounds lovely. What a picture I suppose, you paint. I suppose it should be a winding river with tributaries as opposed to a road. But you Am get I in my a picture. kayak? Am I like right. just gliding down? <laughs> yes. I love it. Sounds exactly. great. Exactly. Uh-huh. So thank you for being with us. And we want to talk, of course, Lisa is salivating because- all things wardrobe, shopping, fashion, shopping, fashion, mother of. And yeah. when you came up with that concept and it has the greatest tagline, Lisa said, I love this tagline. It's your day too. Like I say that all the time to my clients. In fact, when we were preparing for this, I said that to Katie yesterday. And then I said, oh my God, Katie, she has that on her website. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know this uh, all too well, Lisa, but I mean, there is this strange idea that that moms feel like they're supposed to fade into the background and it's, you know, and it's not their day. And I'm like, look, you you raised this human. You gave birth to this human. It is your day too. It is a big milestone for the entire family, not only the bride and groom. It's a family affair and moms should look and feel their best. And nobody in the industry, retail fashion has been speaking to the moms. And so that's what we're trying. That's the problem we're trying to solve with Mother Of. Fantastic. Thank you. And you are, <laughs> you are the mother of two sons, so yeah, we're not, not quite like there yet. No, you, nobody's getting not, married in my no, house. No, but this really but the, came. Yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going. You're you are there before I even got the question out, which is fabulous because sometimes, <laughs> as we know, sorry. It I'm used to being while. the interviewer. Yes, yes. No, you go. <laughs> so basically, I've you know I've, I'm a career side hustler, and uh, my longest running side hustle is, of course, my radio show Shop Girls um, on my Talk 107 in the Twin Cities. And week after week after year after year, the question we get is women calling in saying, "My son or daughter just got engaged. What do I wear to the wedding? Where do I go shopping?" I have answered that same question so many times. That 
that that I'm like, there's there is clearly a problem here. There is a void in the market. Nobody pays attention to the answer until it's relevant to them. Let's solve this on a bigger, broader level. And that really is how the idea came about for Mother Up. So what is the business model? Because people go to the website and yeah. you see dresses and you have them categorized, which I think is fabulous. Then what happens? Do they purchase them? through the website or how does that work? Right. So, so we, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I I'm an entrepreneurial journalist. So I always lead with content and that's true in this venture too. So we're, what we're doing is curating dresses so that, you know, you Lisa might want to spend hours and hours on websites and you know where to go, but a lot of women don't want to pour through thousands of pages on bloomingdales.com and macy's.com trying to find the one gem. So we're cutting through the clutter. We're curating dresses that we think are going to work well for this particular occasion and for this particular demographic that at that point we just lead you to the dress and we're setting up affiliate relationships so with some of the dresses on the site it's possible that we might get a commission if you order that dress when you click our link with others it's not i mean we're not only doing that because i want to have the best dresses and i want to create community and and have a, a loyal audience that can trust what we're saying and so a lot of it is just content but yeah the business model model, um, which is not my strong suit, but I'm trying to keep the lights on, um, is affiliate marketing and and partnerships. And down the road, you know, there could be other kinds of advertising, but it's kind of a traditional media model. So are a lot of these designers, vendors open to your concept with bringing on certain dresses? Because, you know, when I'm looking for a dress for a client, for mother of the bride, I, I have a lot of different resources, right? And so when you bring this to them, are they open to your idea or do they just say, you shut it down? No. I mean, first of all, we don't, because we are a media platform. I mean, we don't, we, we give credit and, and we're, you know, we're linking straight to them. We don't really need permission per se right now to say, we think that Adriana Papel has a pretty dress. You might want to go to her website and buy it. We don't need permission to do that. Now, that said, we've had a lot of brands reach out to us and say, oh, this is great. We love what you're doing. Thanks for featuring our dresses. We're media. And so we can we can just, you know, curate lists of dresses that we want. And and again, we don't have any inventory. This is really just a service. We want to be the Yelp of mother of the bride and groom dresses. We want it to be that when you, you know, you're looking for where to go, you're going to come to our site to get started. I think the last couple of years with, you know, everybody being forced to shop online has made a lot of, you know, women 50 and over feel a lot more comfortable doing this shopping online. I think a lot of the specialty boutiques have disappeared. The department stores don't have the selection they used to. And so a lot of this, you know, shopping experience is moving online and we're just trying to make it easier. Have you partnered with anyone who does custom? Not yet. Not yet. But um, but the questions have been pouring in, which again is just it just feels so you know, validating that clearly there, there is a need. And I think a lot of women, you know, not, not everybody knows you, Lisa, and there are women all around the country who don't know where to go. So no, but I mean, you know, in some ways we are saying, oh, if you need a more, you know, specialized experience, you might want to go to a personal shopper. If you need someone to hold your hand the whole way, but a lot of people are just like, I don't know. I don't know the brands. I don't know where to go. And also a lot of people just want someone to say, yes, yes, it's okay to wear uh, a, a shorter, 
better dress. Yes, it's okay to, you know, they just want validation. Um, and so we're kind of like the the friend that's, you know, there's giving you a thumbs up or saying, eh, maybe not. So yes, that that's the, you know, down the road, I think there could be more. We'd love, I mean, obviously my whole career has been about supporting and amplifying local and independent retailers. And so as we find ways to do that, and if we know, you know, stores in specific markets that we can point people to, we're happy to do that. I think it's phenomenal. The Like you said, the media, the content you put on there, I love your writing style and the stories of the weddings and the questions that are asked, you know, is it okay to wear white to a wedding? My big one would be show me all of the dresses that, uh, because I may or may not have another, I have three daughters, two are married and well, there may be the possibility down the line that number three chooses to go in that direction. So I'm thinking, ah, I need, I need to look at every single dress that covers my arms. Right. That's a big <laughs> one. Covers the arms, doesn't emphasize the waist. You know, there are, there are all kinds of issues and you start to realize just how many brands are just not thinking about what women really want to wear and what areas are really problematic. They're Absolutely. A hundred percent. I always, I always say to my clients, when I start looking, if I could curate my own mother of the bride line, I know exactly what I would do. Like women basically are asking the same questions over and over and over again. And there's certain colors that, or certain bright patterns that of course you're not going to wear because you don't want to overstep your boundary with flowers and the bride and and the bridesmaids and all of that. And it is a very big hole in the marketplace. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of, of the designers went out of business during COVID because nobody was buying the dresses or they hung on just a little bit and you're still seeing sprinkles of the older dresses that they're trying to get rid of. Absolutely. And and I just, you know, you notice with certain brands that it's the large sizes that sell out first. Why doesn't that say something? Why don't the designers realize, gosh, maybe you should do more of the larger sizes. Maybe you should go up another five, 10 sizes. I mean, there are just so many obvious mistakes that they're making or or holes and ways that they could win over women, win their business for life if they would just address actual reality of women's shapes and sizes and what women want to wear instead of what they think looks good on the runway and on a model who's six feet tall and 20 years old. A hundred and fifty percent so true. Well, one of the things that's interesting, and I don't know if you've gotten, I didn't go that deep into your website, but this might be something you two could collaborate on is uh, knowing what styles fit what body type that like, I will, you know, obviously I've got the big best resource is my podcast partner. So I can say, I'm looking for a dress for this. I, oh my gosh, that's good. And she's like, no, it won't fit your body. I mean, <laughs> truly, she knows me. She can say it like that, or it won't fit the boobs or whatever. But those little notes on some, this fits a, you know, this runs true to size, those types of things, that would be such a cool thing for people to know to save in that process. Right. That's the whole idea is that when we're not just, we're not reprinting a, a company's, you know, description of their dress, we're writing something that is a message directly to, you know, a woman who is 
50, 55 plus and, you know, and what she should know about this dress, what type of body it's going to fit, why we think it's a good choice for a wedding. The other thing we're doing is featuring real moms. And I think it works on a couple of levels. First of all, it's just everybody loves love, right? It's it's fun to see those special occasions. It's nice to see some of the dresses that are currently on the market or styles on the market on an actual woman who might be a size 16 or you know, might be five feet tall. It's nice to see that and how it looked and to hear those stories. And the other, I think, less expected, but but really gratifying um, outcome has been watching those moms share when we feature them on Mother of, watching them share those stories on Facebook. And, and back to the whole, it's your day too, they get their moment. Because when a mom, and I don't know if you, if you had this experience, Katie, after the weddings, but when she shares on Facebook, she's generally sharing pictures of the bride and groom because it's all about them, right? And you don't want to seem self-centered. You don't want to seem like you're stealing the spotlight. So when we feature her and it's not her bragging, she's just sharing the story that was on Mother Up. It allows her to have that moment. And then you see all of her friends say, oh my gosh, you looked amazing. You're gorgeous. It doesn't take away from the bride or groom, but it's right. nice for women of a certain age to have that moment too. Exactly. I, you know, yeah. I'm going to say this too, to take your website, to be able, I would think for me to say to my daughter, look at this so that it brings it into, this is how I feel about it. Hey, there's a space for me to do this. Right. Not taking away from that. Exactly. Bride. No, it's just more. There's room for everyone to to have to feel good about what they're wearing. That was something that we noticed right away on TikTok. So my business partner, Betsy Kershaw, who is a social media strategist as her day job and is an expert on all things social, including TikTok, said right away, we've got to be there. And we thought we're going to be talking to the brides on TikTok, right? And we saw a lot of videos of brides taking their moms shopping. And we thought, okay, Okay, well, hopefully the brides will tell their moms. Turns out the moms are there too. And we have found them. And now we're, you know, they're sending us questions on TikTok. But it, but you do see there are a lot of brides who they care very much. They want their mom to feel good. And as we're talking to more and more people, they're not worried about being overshadowed by their mom. That's nonsense. It's their day. It, it, they're they're going to look amazing. But they want their mom to feel great too. And adding to that, it's not just the dress, right? Like I talk a lot to my clients, even my clients that aren't comfortable wearing makeup on a day-to-day basis, I always suggest to them, you need to go with your daughter and the bridesmaids and you need to get your hair done. You need to get your makeup done. You're going to feel better because that picture that you have in your house for the rest of your life, you're going to look at it every single day. So why not look at it and say, wow, didn't I look good? And that's really eye-opening to a lot of them. They don't think about that. And when they do it, they're just so happy. Like they, I, you know, I always get the pictures after and they're smiling. So I think that's another important thing for mother of the bride and groom to think about is the hair, the makeup, the shoes, everything that goes along with it. It's not just the dress. Absolutely. It's empowering to feel good. It's not superficial. It's, it's how it just, it's just exemplifying how you feel on the inside. Well, and it, I mean, taking that to a little bit bigger, a broader reach that you have is your alley shops. You're all about that. I mean, I I try, I try. (laughs) Well, your relationship with your mom 
is so fun. Oh, thank you. Yes. I, okay. I, my mom and I host a radio show called shop girls. Yes. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, my mom was, was the original. I mean, she was, a she was, a, a an events, um, person. She worked in special events at Dayton's. That's where she met my dad. Um, they like to say that I am truly a product of Dayton's and, you know, retail loomed large in our family. And my mom was always in, you know, she commentated fashion shows. She was on, do you remember a show called PM Magazine? She was yes. a fashion correspondent. So, I mean, she was at this long before me. And I always said I had no desire to go into retail. I wasn't going into retail. I knew I wanted to be a writer and I became a journalist. And what do you know, found my way back to writing about retail. And so it's it's just been a, a really um, fun, um, gratifying chapter to be able to do the show with her. She's funny. Everybody loves her. I get emails saying, be nicer to your mother. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> everybody, you know, um, but it's just, it's, it's really special to have the opportunity to, to do that with her on a weekly basis. Well, Lisa got her start at Dayton's and my very first job was at Dayton's Rosedale. So I still miss Dayton's. I oh still, yeah. It's the Minnesota way. Dayton's. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I do know the difference between shop girls and alley shops. It's all good. It's mind. a lot of, yes, there, I did have a, a, a venture called alley shops back in the day, but actually before I joined Minneapolis, St. Paul magazine, it was a, it was my original shopping guide to the twin cities. And I brought that with me when I joined Minneapolis, St. Paul magazine. Um, and then we rolled it together and now it just sort of lives on as my social media handle. Yeah. Well, and joining Minneapolis St. Paul magazine, I want to get more into that because that's a shift, right? It's a uh, working in more of a corporate structure as opposed to doing your own thing. So yeah, I I've always had a, a, a day job with a media organization since I started, okay. I started out in newspapers and the big, sw- I, you know, I was in Chicago uh, for the first several years of my career. And then I moved back to Minnesota to work for the St. Paul pioneer press back in the day. It was shortly after they'd won their third Pulitzer and the feature staff was really phenomenal. And it was a great experience. And from there, I made the transition from newspapers to magazines. Okay, so not that big of a leap. But at the time, it felt like it, it, you know, sure, you know, I mean, just moving from the daily, you know, excitement of newspapers to a monthly magazine, I thought I was just going to be kicking back right once a month. Turns out there's actually a lot of work that goes into making a magazine too. Um, But yeah, at the time, it felt like a big deal. In retrospect, it was the best move I I could have made. It's been a great fantastic. I want to talk a little bit more about that. And then we want to talk about how you organize your day and what your routines look like. And we will be back momentarily. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond. Since 1981, Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's Best Jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at continentaldiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond, continentaldiamond.com. And we're back. 
So, you know, I've known you through watching your career, really. I'm trying to think of when I started hearing you, when you came into my lexicon. And I think probably I recognize your name from Pioneer Press and and all of that being the good Roseville girl that I was and St. Paul's side of things. But talk about really go back. You have a journalism major from Mm -hmm. the University University of Wisconsin, Madison. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? What happened? Well, what happened from there? (laughs) <laughs> it's a long story at this point. Uh, I'll I'll make it quick. So I, um, after college, moved to Chicago. I worked for a very brief time for UPI, the wire service. They weren't so good about paying. So I started looking pretty quickly. Um, and I ended up at the Daily Herald newspaper, which is based in the suburbs, competes with the Chicago Tribune. It's a great place to, to learn how to be a reporter. You crank out the stories. So I worked my way up from city beats to... I eventually ended up on the Metro desk um, covering a beat that they called time and pocketbooks. I was supposed to write stories that could land on the front page of the newspaper about how people spend their time and money. And that's when I really started thinking about, you know, realizing how much I actually liked retail and liked the psychology behind, you know, how we consume and what our habits are and how trends form. And that sort of started me on that path. When I moved back to Minnesota, which is where I grew up, um, I got a job on the feature staff at the St. Paul Pioneer Press, which was kind of a big deal. If you're in um, journal, you know, everybody wants to be on the feature staff, but usually you have to go put in some time on the news desk first. And so skipping that step and going straight to features felt like a big deal at the time. And it was it was a great place to work as well. A lot of people (laughs) I worked with are now at the Star Tribune, actually. um, Sue Campbell, who is a, a big deal at the Star Tribune, was one of my editors, and she's just amazing. I learned a lot from her. And from there, then you transitioned over to MSP. Right, right. I went to Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, which is part of MSP Communications in 2010 or thereabouts. Yeah. So then transitioning to the business. Yeah. Crazy. What are they doing? What's what's a style editor doing running a business magazine? So I had always, you know, Twin Cities Business is sister publication to Minneapolis St. Paul. Same company. We're we're one division. And back in the days when we were in the office every day, we're literally down the hall from each other. So we all work together. And I frequently contributed to TCB whenever there was a retail related story. You know, those are business stories. Um, I would frequently write for them. And my predecessor was leaving. And my um, boss, Jean Haugen Olson, who is president of Cities Media Group and also the editor in chief of Minneapolis, St. Paul, called me in one day and just said, crazy idea. I had no idea. I didn't even know, you know, that that my predecessor was leaving. Um, and she's like, what would you ever consider this? And, and I, it sounded so crazy. But by the time I left her office, I was already thinking, yeah, this could be, I, I was ready for a new challenge, ready to take something else on. I like, you know, exploring the, the business of things. It, the TCB has an amazing staff already of career journalists that I get to work with. And yeah, it was a, it was a great opportunity and it's been a, a ton of fun. That's it's been four years already. Well, can we just spend a moment singing the praises of Jane Haugen Olson? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if she comes up with an idea, you got a pretty darn good chance that it's going to be a winner. That's true. That is true. She is yeah. known for the big ideas. She she is, but she also knows how to execute, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. We were closely together still. And um, she's she's got an amazing eye for nobody knows how to package a story better than than Jane. I think that's a great way to put it. That is a good way. way to, she, she was a guest on our podcast. 
And it was just so much fun to listen to her. She was funny too. And she's a Roseville girl. So what can you say? Exactly. Right. You have that connection. (laughs) Yes. So what's next? What's next? Well, for TCB, I mean, we've been quite busy. We um, completely redesigned the magazine. It just launched uh, last fall. We reduced the size. TCB had been that oversized um, kind of publication, which was nice for layouts, but is kind of hard to stick in your bike bag. And, you know, it just it was time to to make an update. And so that was a big project last year. We kind of looked at everything and re, you know, renamed things and came up with new features. So we're just sort of getting in the rhythm on that. Um, we launched an entrepreneurship focused magazine uh, a year and a half ago called Start MN. And that's now um, a whole hub on our website too. We were already obviously covering entrepreneurs and innovators, but it's just such a big focus. And I think so many, you know, younger people going into business today that's what they want to do. They they don't necessarily want to go put in their time with a Fortune 500. They want to start something. Or us old gals. We Absolutely. Might, we, we might need that start MN, Lisa. We should be looking at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. So, so yeah, we really wanted to capture that energy and spirit of innovation. And I think there's just more, you know, there's more money here, more VCs. It's just changed a lot in the last um, number of years. And so that's what we're capturing with Start MN. And we just literally last week launched a, a new newsletter all about diversity, equity, and inclusion called Forward. Um, again, feeling like we've been talking so much more and so much more openly and directly about inequities and disparities in business, in funding, in opportunities, you know, since the death of George Floyd. Um, But what's actually happened, you know, and and we're sort of reaching that lull where people are getting a little more like, do we have to keep talking about this? You start to get a little complacent, you know, three years down the road, and we want to make sure that we keep moving forward. And so we're, we're kind of creating a new place to have those conversations too. That's fantastic. And talk about the podcast. Yeah, we do a podcast called By All Means. um, And that actually sort of gave birth to Start MN. Um, It was one of the things I did early because... I, you know, I like a microphone um, and, and I just felt like entrepreneurial stories are the best. I mean, there's drama, there's intrigue, there's tears, there's, you know, there's that beautiful arc of when you have an idea and how do you figure out how to execute it and what happens. And so we created a podcast to tell stories of innovators and entrepreneurs and leaders in Minnesota behind some of the best known brands, you know, from Caribou Coffee, Blue Dot, um, self-esteem brands, you know, big ones. And then also some of the, the rising stars and, and smaller up and comers that you're going to want to know next. Um, and it's been, it's been really, really fun. Um, and just a great, as you know, I mean, podcasting is just so much more intimate. I love writing. I will always think of myself first and foremost as a writer, but there's something really powerful about getting to hear someone's story in their own words. Absolutely. So with all of the tentacles of the things that you have going on, tentacles, tributaries, (laughs) (laughs) what does your day look like? 
It's a little messy, a little messy. Um, You know, every day is different. And that's what I've always loved about journalism. I have never, you know, watched a clock in my entire career. Um, You know, I live and die by the calendar. If it isn't on the calendar, it's probably not in my head. Um, And and every day is different. You know, we'll I'll try to batch out podcasts and we'll do a group of them, um, you know, at a time. But, you know, we fit things in right now. We're, you know, we've got I, I feel like we're in that nice place where we're like three weeks away from going to press on our next issue. So, you know, I'm editing and writing and planning out some things. The The week before, it'll be all hands on deck and it'll be all about writing. So every week, every day is is different for sure. How do you get creativity? Like, do you ever have a time where you're like, oh my God, I got to write this, but it's just not coming to me. Like, is there something that you do that gets you more creative or you know, exercise, or you eat a different time, or you have a different sleep pattern. I mean, yeah, I would say I'm pretty lucky in that I feel like there's the ideas are never in short supply. I, I mean, I have lists upon lists and and post-it notes and things like that. It's it's more about where do we want to do it and and when and do we have enough space? And that's kind of the beauty of having different, you know, maybe it's not something for print, but it's for the podcast or it's for online, you know, the website we, we redid as well. Um, so that part's easy. Of course, there are days where it just comes quicker or, or easier than others. Um, I've, you know, got a dog. And so I walk a lot more now that helps sometimes to just like take a moment and clear your head. I do try to work out. I've got to take that time. Even, you know, when I'm tired, I think it helps a lot to just keep the juices flowing. Um, I'm, I'm kind of weird in that I will get up really early if I have a column I need to write, you know, before everybody else in my house is up and I'll do it. But I also sometimes do late at night too. So I'm sort of all over the place. I don't have a great answer. I'm sorry. No, oh, you gosh, don't. You have that is an answer, answer. <laughs> because it's what Katie talked about in the beginning. You pivot like you it's not you're not you don't have a strict routine. You kind of do it when it fits right for you. It feels right for you. I try to be flexible. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, be with my family. That's what I'm supposed to say. Right. Um, no, I love, you know, I've got two, uh, two boys and we're busy, you know, running to, you know, various activities and sporting events and things like that. I really like to bike to, to cycle when I have time. Um, that's one of my favorite things about the twin cities is biking the, the lakes and, and trails. Um, I do, I love my dog, Larry. And so we walk, a lot more. And I've, and I have taken to, I mean, like that's such a great way to catch up with friends and to multitask instead of going and eating and sitting, you know, to do walking catch-ups. That's always a lot of fun. I love that. I've got a, a group of girlfriends that have just started doing that. And I think they've been doing it a lot longer. Maybe they may, might've just invited me in, but it's really enjoyable. It really is. You just, yeah. Yeah. You, you feel, feel so good. You do. You feel so much better about it. Yeah. Um, lucky piece. Do you have a lucky piece in your wardrobe? Do you have something, your power suit, your, you know, you're just not feeling it. You got to pull it out. Jeez. Wow. Um, it would probably be a, a jacket. I mean, I've got some, you know, it's always like just finishes off the look, polishes it up. Um, I've got a couple like a leather jacket and a couple of, you know, oversized blazers that I love and I'll return to again and again. Yeah. Allie, what is your superpower? 
probably multitasking. I, I am, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have to, that's, I mean, I've got, you know, 20 different things going on any given day and I've got to be able to pivot from one to the other and kind of not lose track and, and keep all the different things going. I'm a good multitasker. Something people don't know about you that you really would like to share. I feel like I'm always sharing. I would like to just be quiet and sit in a corner. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to give you <laughs> no, 30 seconds right yeah, now. Right. 30 seconds. Um, go. No, no. I, I don't. I honestly, you guys, I'm sorry. I should have some very clever answer for that. Um, no. I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm a fairly open book and maybe that's why it works. I'm pretty comfortable, you know, talking, but I'm also comfortable being quiet and being on my own. And I don't feel like I'm missing things when I stay home. It's kind of nice. Did you get to that point or have you always been like that? Um, I think, yeah, I think you probably get a little smarter as you get older and get less anxious about, you know, oh, what's going on without me. But I don't know. I, again, I go back and forth. I mean, my husband is always like, I don't understand. You're a morning person. You're a night person. You're a social person. You're a quiet person. Like, what are you? And I, I don't know. I guess that's what it is. I'm just, I'm flexible. I'm flexible. Are your boys like you? Um, they are very different, my two boys, and they are different pieces of me, I would say, and my husband as well. But they're, it's it's fun. It's amazing to see that like the same genetic pool can turn out like two such, you know, different humans. They were talking last night at dinner about if they would be friends, which is always a fascinating conversation. But it's kind of fun. If they would be friends, if they, weren't if they were not related. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, interesting. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've always told my I've always told my girls, you know, when they were at the I, in my family, I have an older brother and a younger sister, nine years on either side to add in. I was adopted. So then I now have met I have two half sisters on my birth mother's side and I have a half sister and two half brothers on my birth father's side. And it gets it's very fun. It's very fun and very exciting. But growing up, you know, with such a, a space when I had these three daughters that are five years apart from start to finish, and there's the angst and the arguing in the girl stuff that my husband who didn't have, he had brothers, but he's like, they'll get through it. They'll get through it. And all I would say to my girls is you are the only ones that are going to know each other cradle to grave. So you have to find a way you don't have to be the same, but you have to find a way to be together. And they're the best of, they're the best of buds now, which is great. You know, they're all in their thirties, but that is an interesting question. I love that to whether you would be friends. What did they come up with? Uh, pretty much. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's more age. That's where their ages are. (laughs) They're 14 and 18. They were, you know, the, the younger one loves to tease and taunt his older brother. And we are a household that is um, very comfortable with debate and lively discussion. And they're both that way in their own ways. And the younger one is sort of, you know, holding his own more now and challenging his brother and getting under his skin. So they're very good at annoying each other, but I, I, I think they're solid. My That's mother good. always- That's a good thing. My, I have a brother and I mean, for years, my brother and I laugh and roll our eyes that, you know, my, my mother would always say to us, you only have each other <laughs> and one day we'll be gone and you only have each other. I'm like, yes, we know the speech, but you, uh, you, uh, when you become a parent, you start to understand. Yes, that's so true. That's, that's, that's so true. And the rolling the eyes, I can, I can see that. What would your... 
if we asked your sons what it is that you did for a living, what would they say? <laughs> um, you know, I think at this point, they're pretty clear, especially after the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic hitting when it did with, you know, with my kids in junior high and high school was really interesting because they were old enough to function, but and also like, oh, mom like works all day. She you know, like, I, I think it's like they knew that, but suddenly they were hearing it and seeing it and like, wow, what is going on? So they're, they're actually, you know, fairly interested. I think they could mostly answer. They might forget a couple of things. They're actually um, funny enough, quite interested in mother of, I think because they're like watching it on TikTok and they're like, mom, you've got more followers. So they're tracking that pretty closely. They want to know if that's going to be their, uh, you know, their big inheritance. I'm like, I wouldn't start planning a trip quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that is good. That's I'm good, good at one. bringing yeah. audiences, not so much bringing the money. We'll work on it. Well, and that's the interesting thing back to Lisa's original question is, you know, the business model, but I think you figure out as you, you go along, if it's not the only thing you're doing, then you've got this wonderful opportunity to grow it as you, as it feels right. Kind of like we're doing with the podcast, exactly. you know, we're not going to make a million bucks on the podcast, no matter how we try, maybe, but, but we're building it as we go. And that's the beauty of being able to do that and see what works and see what doesn't work and, and keep moving forward. And as long as we're doing something that we enjoy and we think brings value to people, then you keep doing it. That's the best. It is the best. Listen, you, uh, we're going to pivot once again, and we're going to talk about neighborhood development center. You talked a little about, bit about diversity and inclusion and the new uh, the new magazine that you've got coming out uh, surrounding that. Talk about Neighborhood Development Center. I love this organization. Um, they have a brand new headquarters in St. Paul that everyone should go see. And you actually can because there's now a coffee house on the main floor and a retail store. Neighborhood Development Center is all about empowering um, entrepreneurs and helping people, primarily BIPOC entrepreneurs, who just don't have that generational wealth. They don't have friends and family money to lean on when they have an idea to start something. And they help them, mentor them, provide resources, provide funding. Renee Dossman, who is the um, president and CEO, is just she's she's a force. I adore her. And I just think the work they're doing there is so important and relevant. And you see so many people who are coming out of Neighborhood Development Center doing really big things. It's the next generation of entrepreneurs in Minnesota, for sure. That's fabulous. It is ndc-mn.org. And the location is 625 University Avenue. Um, I love that area more than you. Our very first house was University in Lexington. So um, this is closer to, it's, uh, let's see, it's closer down. Are you closer to yeah. Dale? Closer to yeah. Dale, in between Dale and Rice, that area for those that you know. Mm -hmm. But my my parents both grew up in the Midway. Um, I We have, our first house was there. We have a, a wonderful, and I'm a, I'm a St. Paul girl in my heart. So um, seeing this is, is real and the work that they're doing is so important. 
It really is. And the, the new building is just spectacular. They spent a lot of time planning it. And Studio BV, which is an amazing design firm in town, they have a pro bono division called Design Forward, another great organization to support. And they did the design and it's just super modern and sleek and like any, you know, it could be a high-end office. And the fact that this nonprofit gets to be in that space and bring entrepreneurs in that space is just fantastic. And the partnerships that are there to make this happen, I think that's that's the future. It's the partnerships and the mindset that there's enough for everyone to go around. Yeah, absolutely. An abundance mentality. An abundance mentality. Exactly. Now, we don't want to uh, leave you without finding out how people get a hold of you. Mother of is motherof.co, not Correct. com. That's right. Co. Yes. Motherof.co. Fast and easy and cheaper. couldn't afford the com you go with the co exactly (laughs) and then what about if people want to connect we know you've got alley shops you've got uh shop girls with your mom on saturdays on yeah so um yeah so that's at mytalk1071.com or you can get the app but tcbmag.com is really my first um and primary home um for all things twin cities business my email and contact information is all over the place i am like the easiest person to find it's ridiculous um but yes on social on twitter on instagram um i'm at ally shops and then linkedin because you have to be a little more formal um that's my full name i'm allison over there i know back to the identity crisis I, I hear you. I hear you. Cannot thank you enough for taking time with us. Truly, you are it's really fun to talk to. You as well. I'm so glad to finally do this. You have a great show and you have such fun guests and I'm honored to be part of it. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Well, Lisa, please uh, send me your pics for Mother of the Bride dresses. I'll take them all. I have a lot to say about that, Ellie. <laughs> part two. Part two. Part two. Exactly. Part two. Thanks, Allie. You bet. Thank you. Well, that was fun. It was really fun. She has a great energy about her. She really does. I think that's one thing, that ability to have that positive bend, just it just makes you excited to learn more, right? You just want to sit and talk to her all day. Right. Think of the people that get to work with her on a day-to-day basis or intersect. Yes. I thought about that actually. Very, very, very fun. We have talked a lot about what we do and how we approach it. And if people want to get a hold of you, Lisa, how do they do that? They can go to my website at wardrobeconsulting.net or they can email me at lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. If they want to get a hold of me, they're going to go to katieharms.com or katie at katieharms.com. We always love your feedback. We uh, love you sharing our posts. We love you rating us. So please do one or all of the above. Continue to share us with those in your inner circle. We really are about bringing out the best in you, how you do that. And there are days you're just not going to feel like it. And maybe throw out one of our podcasts in if you're having one of those days, because I think we'll help you get there. Or at least we're going to try. Exactly. God knows we've come together to do the podcast and uh, been in various forms of um, happy, sad, and everything in between. And when we get done, we just really always feel a glow and a gratefulness of having the people on and the conversations that we had. So we hope you enjoy it too. And we thank you so much for listening. If you want more information on the podcast, go to theviewinyourmirror.com. And please make sure you take the time to get 
Give yourself the credit that you deserve and give yourself that pat on the back as you look in your mirror because it is the best view of you. Until next time. 